This is the Health, Hope, and Healing Podcast. If you've ever wondered if there was more to life, if you find yourself yearning for connection, more purpose, more fulfillment, you're in the right place. We believe God dreamed more for you when he dreamed the dream of you. So this is an invitation, an invitation for you to take your next step into all Jesus did for you on the cross, all that's available here and now. So come on, let's step in and maybe it's time to step up. Welcome to the podcast, Health, Hope, and Healing. I am Brady Daniel and welcome. This is your first time. We're so glad that you have spent some time with us. You're going to spend some time with us. If this is your second, third time, however many times that uh, you've listened, welcome back. We are so glad that you are here. This is the podcast where we talk about all things helpful, all things hopeful, all things healing. This month, we have been talking about marriages. We've been talking about validation. I see you. I hear you. I understand you. And when we are able to validate, it can communicate. It does communicate acceptance, which communicates love, the foundational need of all mankind. Sometimes when we are attempting to validate, we'll validate, but then we'll use this terminology that sometimes, in a lot of ways, actually invalidates the very thing that we just communicated. I love you, but... Uh, that 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 word but and and if we're not careful, what it can do is it can actually invalidate everything that we just communicated, which can be validational. So the idea of I love you, just that, no but, no anything like that. So in that, as we are learning to validate, so that we can communicate our acceptance of our spouse, so that that we can communicate the love that we have for them. Validate, 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 validate. And when we have validated, guess what? Validate some more. And as we're validating, let's be um, mindful of not only validating, but being careful to add the word but after we have validated so that we don't just suck out everything that we have communicated to validate our spouse. Okay, so week one, we talked about validation. Week two, we talked about appeasement. Versus compromise, the idea that uh, we can actually be or want to compromise. Uh, uh, our heart is to compromise, but the dynamic in that it can be a very appeasing of our spouse if we're not careful. The idea of not meeting in the middle, the idea of not acknowledging what's in me so that I can allow my mind to validate my body, inviting God into that so I can actually communicate with my spouse what I want, what I need, what's going on inside me so that they're aware, so that two individuals can actually determine best course of action moving forward. Now that both individuals have articulated, have owned what's inside of them, put that in front of the other individual so that compromise can actually take place because without it and repression takes place, then is it appeasement? So validation, appeasement versus compromise. Last week, we talked about this dynamic of negative energy coming into us and what that can do to us. And all these different complexities take place within marriages because as we do life with one another, it's not if we step on each other's toes, it's when, what level of intensity, what is the interpretation of that, and how pain gets ushered in because of that, and how we can actually interpret that time and time and time again. If we look at the body being a glass container, and every time uh, pain comes in, our toes get stepped on, it's like a grain, a grain of sand getting deposited in that container. And you might think, well, Brady, that's not very significant. 
Okay, maybe. But the idea of every time that that takes place, if every grain of uh, a granular sand gets placed in that, over time, all that's in that container, a lot that's in that container is sand representational of pain that that can create impact, not only interpersonally within ourselves, but how we see one another as well. And so I believe it was in week one where I talked about the idea of how pain actually does a couple different things when it comes in. It, it cycles energy backwards. It makes us question truth. It makes us doubt our identity, destiny, and purpose. And if you remember in that first week of the podcast uh, within the, the this month of marriages, I talked about how I was going to unpack that a little bit more. And so that's what this is, the idea of when pain assimilates in, that negative energy that I talked about last week, what it creates is the opportunity of how energy cycles backwards. So what we understand about the energetic flow of what God has put in us to call us to the very areas that he's calling us to, that there is a, a kingdomly energy. There is a energy within ourselves, And we may look at that and say, well, really, Brady, you're one of those individuals. Do you wear a foil hat as well? And, and I always kind of joke back around and said, only when it's raining, right? Again, I'm kidding, but maybe not. I don't know. But the idea is we understand that there is a natural formation. The idea of getting out of bed, the idea of getting ready for work, getting ready for school. There is an energetic flow that's moving us in that direction. And when that energetic flow starts flowing backwards, the idea of getting out of bed can be more difficult. The idea of going to work out things that we could enjoy and, and typically uh, gives us more energy by decompressing, guess what? We find ourselves really not wanting to get off, off the couch when we, typically we would be going to the gym. So energy can cycle backwards, and we see this in the dynamics of in the, in the early book of, of the Bible. Right, the early early scriptures within the Bible. What we see to kind of give you a little bit of backdrop is there's children that are in this land of bondage. They are in pain. They are crying out for a savior. God, please send us a savior. Please, please, please. And yet God sends Moses, a man that he had been uh, developing, if I can use that terminology, for this very moment in time, his destiny, his purpose. And so as a result of that, there was an exchange between him and Pharaoh. And as a result of that, now again, there's a lot more than just an exchange, but but for the sake of time. And as a result of that, uh, Moses was able to lead his people out of that land of bondage, into the land of calling, into the land of what God actually articulated, land flowing with milk and honey. And that's very pertinent, and we'll circle back around to that. And so it was just about a couple of days thereafter three or so, that you have the children that are upset. They're feeling pain about the the manna coming from heaven, the bread from heaven, what it is that God had given um, to sustain them, getting them from point A to point B, and they are in pain. And as a result of that, they turn to the leadership and they ask, did you bring us out here to kill us? Did you, what, why are we out here? We had better food back there. We had better food back there and get as a result of their pain point in that very moment, they, they started cycling backwards and they started contemplating things that they probably would never thought that they'd contemplate again. So when we experience pain and the, uh, oh, excuse me, when we are called and we're moving in the direction that we're called to, just as the children of Israel were called to the land that flowing with milk and honey, the dynamic of as they experienced pain, it started cycling backwards to the point that they were going back into old ways of thinking and old ways of believing in ways that they probably never thought that they would contemplate as a result. And so you may think, okay, Brady, thank you for the Bible lesson, but how does this pertain to marriage? 
right? Knowing that I had a good friend that says, Brady, you can never be more like God than you are right now, knowing that God has been deposited in you. So therefore, that being accurate, then the idea is as I experience pain and pain cycles backwards to the point of allowing me to think in old ways and to believe in old ways, then as a result of that, how do I express that in ways of interacting with my spouse? How do how does that old way of thinking impact the way that I see my spouse? How does that old way of believing and thinking impact the way that I interact with my spouse? If I'm called to be new and through that to express my newness in the way that I love my wife and cherish my wife and accept my wife and or your husband, right? Again, the dynamic of that. But as a result of that, if I am experiencing pain and it's cycling backwards to the point where I am feeling this, and I'm going back into old ways of thinking, then how does that old that 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 sensation of of old thinking impact the way that I'm going to express love to God? Uh, not only love to God, but love to my wife, to love to my spouse, to be able to allow God to pour that not only in me, to dwell in me, to express through me. But if I'm experiencing pain because of something she did or didn't do, or something that she said or didn't say, or something of just within dynamic as a result of that. And as a result of that, I experience pain and I start to cycle backwards in thought and belief to the point of expression. Is that going to cause difficulty and disconnection between her and myself? Absolutely. So the dynamic of knowing that pain does one thing, actually multiple things, but one of the first things it does is it cycles energy backwards. Knowing that the, the children were actually called to the land flow into milk and honey, and as a result of that, knowing that God, knowing God that, that, that the pain point was going to be food, he actually proclaimed the land actually from a food illustration to get them excited, hopeful, whatever um, the, the purpose was of that. But the idea is to continue to move them forward. Why? Because we're always called to move forward. Energy is always flowing. And as a result of that, carrying us and moving us into the, the land of promise that God's called us to, this out of heaven. But if we experience pain, it cycles energy backwards. And as a result of that, we think and believe differently. And how do we believe how do we think about our wife? How do we think about our husband? So that's one thing pain does. Second thing pain does is it makes us doubt truth. There's a story about a gentleman by the name of John the Baptist. And John the Baptist had a phenomenal opportunity, something that only what's recorded is only something that he got to experience. The opportunity of getting to baptize Jesus. And so as he baptized Jesus and as he's coming out of the water and the heavens open and the Father says, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And the Holy Spirit depart, is, is, uh, comes down and is assimilated in. John the Baptist got to experience this. Amazing. But as we fast forward this, what we see is that John is experiencing a tremendous amount of pain. A tremendous amount of pain. And as a result of that, he calls a guy over to him and says, hey, go ask Jesus, is he really who he says he is? And, and when we look at this, we're sitting there saying, well, John, why are you questioning, especially when you have this experience that nobody else got to experience? Yes, there were other people there when John baptized Jesus, but the idea of being the one that actually got to, to baptize, to get experience, to hear, to see, and in that moment, he's questioning. He's questioning truth. Why? Because he's in pain. He knows uh, that something detrimental is fixing to happen to him. And because of that, he questions. 
And so in time of pain, the truth of what you have between you and your spouse, can that be questioned? Can you question the goodness of God representationally in your marriage? Can you question the goodness of your spouse because of experiencing pain? And the question is yes. When we experience pain, we question. Not a bad thing, as long as we know who to go to with our questions. See, the great thing about John the Baptist is he he knew, hey, go to Jesus to ask him these things. And as a result, when we experience pain, it cycles energy backwards. Not only that, to to get us to thinking in old ways and and, and to, to assimilate into old beliefs, but it makes us question truth. The idea that we can question, does my spouse love me? Does my, does my spouse accept me? Does my spouse, are, are they true to me? And we can question those things based upon pain. So pain does that, makes us question truth. Another thing that pain does, it makes us question and doubt our identity, our destiny, and our purpose. There's a story of Peter. Jesus is around his friends, and he says, hey, who do people say I am? And they responded back. He said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah. And then as a result of that, he says, yeah, but who do you say I am? And Peter responds, you're, you're the Messiah. And Jesus' response is not by flesh and blood, but by the revelation of the Father that you know this. And your name is Peter. And you're going to preach. And the gates of, of, of hell will not prevail against you. Wow. Identity, destiny, and purpose right there in that moment. Pretty cool, right? We fast forward. Jesus is, is being arrested. Uh, Peter is, is having interactions uh, to the point where he is uh, using choice words around other people because it, Peter, right? And there Jesus goes away. Jesus comes back. And as a result of that, where does Jesus find Peter? Peter has gone back to old ways. Because where do we where does Peter, Jesus find Peter? He's fishing. Well, pretty wise, that's a big deal. Because that's exactly where Jesus found him originally. And as a result of that, where did Jesus actually proclaim over him? You're going to preach. You're going to preach. Your name is Peter and you're going to preach. But yet Peter's out there fishing. That's what Peter knew. He went back to old ways because of the pain that he experienced watching his leader. His God, our God, being taken away to be crucified. Jesus calls him, and as a result of that, they have a little side conversation during breakfast time. I think it was during breakfast time. And he asked him one question three different times. Peter, do you love me? Peter deflects back on Jesus. You know that I do. Pretty interesting that he would deflect. Well, if Jesus knew, then why is he asking, right? For awareness, for a lot of different reasons. But here's Peter. Peter deflects back on on Jesus, you know that I do. Feed my sheep. In essence, Peter, why are you fishing? Have you forgotten who you are? He was reminding him of that conversation. Remember, your name is Peter. You're going to preach, and the gates of Hades can't prevail. Again, second question. Same, same question, second time. Peter, do you love me? Peter, again, you know that I do. Feed my sheep. Peter, why are you fishing? Have you forgotten who you are? Third time, Peter, son of John, do you love me? Some translations, Peter responds, it pains me, but you know all things. In essence, yes, I have forgotten who I am. And then what we read as, that, as, as, 
as we fast forward is Peter's a different individual. Peter takes the identity, destiny, and purpose, and he walks in it as, as the energy within him cycles. And as a result of that, he walks in the calling that God has for him. But pain can make us question who we are. Pain can make us question where we're supposed to be. Am I even supposed to be in this marriage? God, she does this. He does that. He said this. She said that. And as a result of that, we can question the very uh, declarations that God has proclaimed not only over us, but in us. And in times of pain, as a result, we can question and doubt those things. And as a result of that, we can question not only question and doubt those things in us, but we can question and doubt those things in our spouse. And as a result of that, it can impact the way that we see them. It can impact the way that we interact with them. And as a result of that, create a small divide. And over time, that divide can get bigger and and, and bigger and bigger and bigger to the point where you can look across the table and say, who are you? And why are you sitting at my table? Or you can look at them and say, I experience pain when I'm around you. You must be the source of my pain. And so therefore, I've got to get out. And so when we understand the dynamics of pain, and like we've talked about within this series of podcasts, that we understand at a cellular level that we lean into things that are loving and accepting, and we lean away from things that are that are painful and rejecting. And so when pain assimilates in, are we already leaning away from our spouse to some degree? And the kindness, the kindest, kindest thing that we can actually do is use our mind to validate our body. Right now, I am hurt. Right now, I'm in pain. Right now, I am sad. Right now, I'm mad, allowing the two to become one so we can invite God into that sadness, into that pain, into the frustration, anger, whatever it is that we're experiencing to the point of processing, like we talked about last week, to the point of what? Allowing ourselves to assimilate back into the truth. I'm a child of you. I'm a child of you, God. I'm a child of you, oh God. And as we process and as we come back into the oneness and, and new, the, the newness and allowing the declarations of what God says over us to constantly be the anthem within ourselves, then what is that going to do into, in us interpersonally? It's going to allow us to think differently, express differently, and not only that, but being able to see differently. Think differently about whom, ourself and our spouse. See differently whom, ourself and our spouse. And if we can think differently, not only about ourself and our spouse, and see differently about ourself and our spouse, then as a result of that, what could that create within the dynamics of your marriage? Do we have to just survive marriage? Or can we actually thrive in the dynamics of, of, of wondering what must it have been like for Adam and Eve in the garden before the fall of mankind? And as a result of that, knowing because of the cross, can we have that type of interaction or relationship? And what you find is that, that I talk about pain a lot. Why? Because it impacts so many people. Well, Brady, would you say every every person to some degree? Absolutely. And if we're not uh, aware of that, as God is the God of awareness, he's constantly poking to try to get that to our conscious awareness so that we'll engage our will to do what? To invite him in to the pain, 
so that we can get that paint out. We can, it's a beauty for ashes transaction so that we can get to this place of the thesis of the cross, which is what? To think differently about what? About the very pain point that I'm experiencing. And if it's the pain point came in because my spouse stepped on my toes, then as a result of that, I may be thinking differently about my spouse. And if I continue to hold that and allow that pain to assimilate in and create pressure and stress and cortisol and, and impact, and, and as a result of that, I'm going to start leaning away from a cellular standpoint because of the dynamic of needing defense. And as a result, time and time and time and time and time again, where does that leave us? Where does that leave us to, to, to see our spouse and to think about our spouse and to interact with our spouse? So like last week, to pour all that out, just like Hannah did, to pour it out by inviting him in so that we can think and see differently about ourselves, so that we can think and see differently about our spouse. And if you have two people that are thinking and seeing differently based upon who God is in them, and wanting to express that love through them, wow. Now, I believe there is a marriage that everybody would want. And maybe, just maybe, that's exactly what Adam and Eve experienced before the fall of mankind. I don't know. But that's what I want. That's what I'm after. And I think the dynamic of knowing the foundation of love, I think a lot of us are after that. So understanding that we experience pain and these pain points of, the, of cycling backwards. Cycling backwards to the point of old thoughts and old beliefs. Old ways of seeing. Which impacts the way that we interact with our spouse. Doubting truth, or excuse me, questioning truth. And doubting our identity, destiny, and purpose. And how that impacts us and can impact the way that we express the love that's in us to our spouse. And as a result of that, if, if we're not expressing in the way God has poured out his love over us, then as a result of that, it can be miscommunicated to the point that it allows the other individual, individual to receive it as rejection. So have you experienced pain today? And if you have, then what are we doing with that? Are we holding on to it? Are we allowing it to cycle us backwards into old thoughts and old beliefs and old ways of seeing and old, old ways of expressing? Is it, is it making us question truth? Is it making us doubt what God says about us, where God's calling us to? So how do we express, how do we get that out? We talked about that last week. So that. We can have a marriage, not just to survive, but to thrive. Thank you for listening. We speak health, hope, and healing over you. For more information, visit our website at integratedcnw.com.